We're entering an era in which our enemies can make it look like anyone is saying anything at any point in time, even if they would never say those things. So, uh, for instance, they could have me say things like, uh, I don't know, President Trump is a total and complete dipshit. Now, you see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address, but someone else would. Someone like Jordan Peele. This is a dangerous time. Moving forward, we need to be more vigilant with what we trust from the internet. That's a time when we need to rely on trusted news sources. It may sound basic, but how we move forward in the age of information is going to be the difference between whether we survive or whether we become some kind of fucked up dystopia. Thank you. Stay woke, bitches. You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beattybar and Kevin Gishesky. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. doing today bob hey kevin uh maybe uh, people from that cold open might be a little confused but today we're going to talk about the concept of deep fakes something that's been kind of building with momentum over the past i would say almost 12 to 18 months and uh we're going to kind of explore the background of that and how it's going to be impacting the way all of us consume not only media but social media and of course we'll probably loop back in with the social media part of it and do our regular bashing and trashing of our friends over at the tweeters the book faces and the googles so uh without further ado i am bob from the bob and kevin show and that other voice you're about to hear is i'm kevin all right kevin so we opened with it's interesting we opened with a the audio of a video clip but i believe that the concept is all the same. Um, well, it's similar at least. So Jordan Peele, right? That's who was in that? Yes, of the uh, famous comedy group Key and Peele. So he actually was doing, showing, demonstrating a video deep fake where he was using his amazing impersonation skills of former President Obama with a video. And it looked pretty legit. So we'll also put a link to that in the show notes today. Um, but I kind of wanted to jump us off by saying two years ago at Adobe Max, Adobe demoed some audio technology that they had been working on where if you had X number of minutes, and I'm sure that the time snap is shorter now, I think it was up to 20 minutes of audio on somebody, you could basically have a text-to-speech bot, much like our showbot has that skill, um, and we'll bring showbot out in a little bit, I'm sure, but um, you could basically dictate text-to-speech in that person's voice based on a previous audio recording. Yeah. And that was kind of the early days of deepfakes. Yeah, well, and fairly current because right now, um, do you answer any phone calls to your cell phone or your home phone if it's not an identifiable number to you? Like, I recognize this number. Do you uh, still answer the phone? 
I do actually have to because it's my work number. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. (laughs) There are a lot of numbers that uh, I don't recognize when people call, so I do have to answer it. Um, But I'm sure you're alluding to the spam calls, but are those actually text-to-speech or... Well, the tinfoil hat in me and the confirmation bias that I was able to confirm uh, online is the goal of those calls are to record your audio for a future reason. So in the future, you might be able to get voice authorization for moving a, a wire transfer, for instance. And if they have enough samples of your voice they may be able to just reconstruct a, an entire conversation with customer service, one that they record and one that they may not be able to um, believe you that that wasn't your voice on the recording. I just read just the other day, and you bringing that up totally had me put that together. Someone in the little like you know tips about these spam calls, I think I was looking at the do not call registry list actually, um, it said, don't ever say the word yes <laughs> when you pick up the phone for those calls. Yep. And that's what I've heard. <laughs> yes. And that's what I heard <laughs> as well. Um, and uh, when I got my first one, I listened to the spiel because it was like, you know, it sounded legit and whatnot. And I started talking to her. And then I realized this person's actually not real. It's not interacting with me because if it were real, it would be very insulted by my replies at this point. <laughs> and then I decided to... You bleepity bleep, bleep, bleep and bleep. Pretty much. <laughs> and the, the problem was, is at some point you realize that, oh, oh, this, oh what's, the, what's the play here? Because clearly there's something going on here, but I don't know what it is. And I, and I didn't at the time. So I only got the context later through other articles to kind of give you an idea of what they're trying to do. They're just recording you and they're going to use it against you somehow, some way. It may not be in today's tech, but it could be in tomorrow's tech. Well, but couldn't in theory, since, you know, you and I are public figures now with our (laughs) highly successful video and audio productions, um, couldn't they just go out and grab, you know, enough audio on us to basically get us to commit to pretty much any transaction. Yes, I would say you and I are pretty much screwed at this point. And I do have many leather-bound books and a desk made of mahogany. But <laughs> um, the, the fame and fortune has, has yet to come. So we are in that weird uh, spot of we're not yet famous, yet completely open and exposed to uh, deep fakes. But we are totally legends in our own minds. So that's, that's good. That's true. You know, we should probably define deep fakes and give a little history a little further at this point do you want to jump off i've got notes but uh i know this is your topic when it comes to definitions and research you're my guy okay so uh (laughs) and then uh my secret sauce is of course wikipedia so deep fake is one word no space and also kind of overloaded as deep fakes plural and it's essentially a term that was just coined in 2017 and actually came 
uh, from a username on Reddit. So there was a user called Deepfake, and they started posting these, hey, guys, look what I can do, or hey, gang, look what I can do. There's that damn <laughs> pronoun. <laughs> pronoun police are going to get me, man. Okay. And then uh, one thing that that uh, obviously got a lot of interest was a revenge porn slash celebrity um, porn um you know, taking Scarlett Johansson's face, putting it on a already uh, shot uh, scene in the adult industry, and and it looks fairly, um, I don't know, convincing. And this is all done through computer vision, so that's that's kind of that. If, if you close your eyes, it's totally convincing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, Bob, uh, you originally brought this topic to me. I actually never heard of it until you'd start using that term so just for the just for the record i did not bring the uh porn deep fakes uh to your attention well can you kind of educate the listener on 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 what you think so far well i i think you know it first came to my attention as i referenced right after the open with the uh, audio technology but the video stuff i was convinced pretty early on and I, you know, the Jordan Peele one definitely opened my eyes, but there's been others that have, you know, emerged where even as simple as slowing down the video, uh, I think Jimmy Fallon or one of the late night hosts has a bit where he slows down a celebrity's voice or a, a politician's voice and it makes them sound like they're intoxicated. But um, the danger is with this technology, you know, it's harder and harder to see where it's being manipulated in the video. Um, and, you know, the concern is that not only could we could we be influencing the current, you know, current day views of masses of people, but in theory, with good enough deep fakes, history could be revisualized and potentially um, turned into new legend. So I was trying to figure out, okay, new technology, yay! What's the benevolent use of this, and what's the malevolent? or malevolent use of this. And if we take a classic example, uh, fusion, nuclear fusion, yay, basically unlimited power, but hey, it could also blow the crap out of anything in grand fashion. And then um, I look at Bitcoin and blockchain and go, yay, that's really cool. What do we do with it? Don't know yet, but you can buy all this nefarious stuff on the dark web and all that fun stuff. So Bob, can you give me the the benevolent and the malevolent use of deep fakes. Well, I think the malevolent use is really easy to see with the possibility to sway opinion and influence, you know, influence pockets of society with the belief that something is true when it's not. I, the the benevolent part, I'm struggling with that one. Well, and when you start to bring it up, I like cataloged in my mind really fast, and I what. Perhaps taking digital personas and giving them a more of a real life appearance, but so, is that a deep fake then? Here's a possible Bob and Kevin show. First, we might not disagree on almost anything on this topic, which is kind of shocking because I don't think there are a lot of positive uses for this. I mean, you might want to say, well, yes, the movie industry can bring so and so actor back to life, or the the music industry can bring so and so. Uh, back to the stage as a hologram and, you know, or have a performer and we project their face, you know, just what you can really reach. So clearly I'm reaching there. Um, yes. 
the movie uh, Star Wars uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, they brought back Princess Leia and Peter Cushing in those movies, but they're still C- full CGI characters. Very convincing. Um, definitely, you know, there's some tells in there to go, okay, this, yeah, clearly this isn't uh, Carrie Fisher when she was 19 years old. Peter Cushing is now dead. Uh, incidentally, so well, is Carrie Fisher. I think Fisher, they brought but... her back. They brought her back posthumously too, right? Yes. Didn't she start filming the film and then died, and so they had to finish some scenes with her? Uh, that's that's my understanding. I'd have to Google some more. My, my Star Wars foo anymore is very lacking. I, I'm very not a fan anymore. Uh, but there's a new Star Wars, you know, this year, Shocker, and it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I'm thinking they're going to do some sort of, you know, CGI representation. But I think you and I can both agree that there's not a lot of good that's coming out of this technology anytime soon, correct? No, I really can't. I can't put a finger on anything that would have any legitimacy to it at all. So, um, once upon a time, I listened to a show and they said, you know what, this, all this new technology isn't new technology. It's actually old technology repackaged. You ever, 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 ever heard a show called the Bob and Kevin show, Bob? Yeah. I was going to try to pull that episode <laughs> number out of my ass, but yeah, that was actually not too long ago. I would say that was in the twenties for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, um, are you familiar with the term rotoscoping? Yes, and that's actually been used in cinema and stuff for a very long time. And the early deep fake technology was based on rotoscoping, which was basically changing one single frame at a time. Yes. And but it's since advanced well past that. And for the lay user, what is rotoscoping? It's basically the lightsaber effect from the 1970s, 1980s, where one film cell at a time, they drew on the film cell and added lightsaber flashes that weren't there they made it glow so that's kind of rotoscoping it goes all the way back to like disney and animating steamboat willie yada 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 maybe we'll put it in show notes maybe we'll just tell you go google it if you're that interested but um when it comes down to what does deep fakes do it's kind of like well we had photoshop to doctor images and now we have deep fakes which will pretty much be the video version of photoshop and I, I was on YouTube and I'm like, hmm, what's this thing? And I saw a tutorial for something called Fake App. Bob, have you heard of Fake App? I have not heard of Fake App, so I'm very intrigued so by this. We'll put this in the show notes, but it was a 12 minute tutorial of basically once you get a hold of the software, um, the guy goes through and he changes Spider Man. So there's two Spider people well actually there's been several actors play spider-man but but he wanted to take the latest spider-man and switch faces with the old spider-man and vice versa so hmm interesting so he kind of goes through everything and essentially what you do is you train you have to have training uh of your machine learning and it's basically well i need to find uh both actors when they look this direction both actors when they look that direction both actors when they look angry both actors when they smile oh so it maps features exactly so really in my mind and of course i I don't have source code but in my mind we're just rotoscoping we're going okay once you can once you use computer vision machine learning and go okay i think this is actor a smiling and actor b smiling you know and they should be in similar orientation Map the corners of the mouth, map where the eyes go, map where the nose is, map, you know, these baseline features. 
And then in real time, I want you to select the correct image for the right one. So in my mind, we're just rotoscoping and we're just using machine learning to draw oh, the yeah, images but at first. An infinitely, yeah, at an infinitely better pace, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and um, it's, it's extremely intensive. So there's good news and bad news, Bob. The good news is it's r- really, really hard to, for a lay person to do this because you're talking about number of clock cycles a second and 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 whatnot you have to use the kudu library which is c-u-d-u or cuda cuda library which is an nvidia technology that uses leverages your your gpus and yada 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 so that's that's the good news it's kind of a high barrier to entry here the bad news is as tools keep coming out that it's lowering that bar every day so I, I do recommend you find that video. There's something called Fake App. You essentially train what to look for. But even if it's a higher barrier to entry, the, the bad guys are going to be able to, to handle that. They're going to be able to you know, build and buy supercomputers to get 30 seconds to a minute out there that, that can change the course of history. So, Bob, I want you to put me on record. Today is Tuesday, May 20th, 2019. And 10 years ago, I wouldn't have really probably thought of ransomware. And I would say in 10 years from now, you're, we're all going to open our spam mail, uh, see links in there that say, if you don't pay me in Bitcoin this much money by this much, we're going to release this deep fake pornography video of you on whatever. So I think that is a future extortion slash eventual use of this technology. What, what say you? No, I think that's a guaranteed, but I think even before the end of the year 2020, we're going to see, and we saw this last week, or God, yeah, I guess it was last week. Um, you know, a video will get out there in the wild that is not accurate and can't be taken down fast enough. And the people that are in the aperture, let's call it in the aperture to believe, will believe and perpetuate. And if those numbers get big enough, things can be impacted. And I'm talking about election impact. I think this election cycle is going to get super interesting, super fast. Oh, 100% agree. Because here's, I predict there'll be deep fakes of Trump and there'll be deep fakes of Biden or whoever the Democrats nominate. Right. And it will, they won't be on television, but they will certainly circulate on Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot, right? But the problem is they will get on television. Because media is so quick to either A, not verify and show it unintentionally as news, or they will perpetuate the news story of it being a fake and still people won't perceive the fact that they're talking about it being fake. So it perpetuates the the inaccurate imagery being out there. So American media does kind of suck at these things because whenever there's a school shooting they instantly go to breaking news. They instantly put it as the first headline and they instantly use the first middle and last name of the suspected shooter as soon as they can. So media, if were up to me, they would be better off to not publish their name and uh, start there. I don't know what else to do. You know, obviously you want a public safety part there, but we shouldn't be making people famous because they're not the next school shooter. So where am I going with this? Uh, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't be mainstream media shouldn't be picking this up, but you and I both know they will, right? They need to sell well, these no, papers. And they did last week too. Uh, with Nancy Pelosi. I think, yeah. I think Fox aired that clip. 
And whether they aired it under the context of being fake or not, they still aired it. And Facebook and Twitter... Has not taken it down. Correct. And I think you and I both probably read up on this one, but just for the lay listener, um, Facebook is now allowing the video, but with the video underneath, apparently there's a banner that says, this video is not real. And I watched an interesting exchange between a between Anderson Cooper on CNN and a Facebook executive where they're basically like, well, we think we're doing the right thing by not taking it down and putting up this banner. And this banner was generated by a third party, their sort of council of people who know better. But it just feels really, really, really strange because, Bob, what can I do? I can create a deep fake and I can guarantee that Facebook won't take it down. And so what's the harm in making a deep fake now, right? Right. And then you've got your your conspiracy theory on the other side of the coin that says, oh, the video is real. And Facebook just puts that thing on there because they're owned by mainstream media. <laughs> Alex Jones, we owe you a nickel because that was pretty good, Bob. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't get it. I mean, we're, we're still in this world of Facebook wants the money. And Anderson Cooper even kind of called him. He's like, wait a second. So you're going to get all the eyeballs and take all the ad revenue, no problem. And you're going to like walk out the back door feeling good about yourself because you put a little banner up there that says, oh, this isn't real. But go ahead and share this with whomever you want. Oh, God, I didn't even think that they'd be dropping in an ad halfway through like those little shits at Facebook do. I hate that about Facebook video. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, technology morality, I I did not see it coming where we would just be so far apart. But I just think anymore, people at Facebook, like when they're having trouble, I was reading more articles about Facebook, they're having trouble recruiting developers. Shocker. And... You know, it's good to know that some people out there are just willing to either make less or look elsewhere. But there's still yeah. But doesn't that mean that they're recruiting the shit of the shit that will actually get behind some of this like nefarious and unethical crap? That's kind of uh, where I was going <laughs> with that. I'm like, wait a second, you, you know. Sorry, I'm getting fired up. <laughs> yeah. So we w- Facebook may get more. <laughs> more worse or worse than uh, than better anytime soon. So I would expect it to just get worse because when you have people who are willing to kind of stick morality off to the side for the almighty dollar, I think we're just going to get more and more people who, who buy into propaganda because I don't know if you've listened to a White House press briefing lately. Boy, they're really good at being spin doctors. And now I'm starting to see the spin doctory out of Silicon Valley where, well, this and well, that and we're doing the right thing and well, whatever. And, and it's all because of the stock price, right? Well, I wonder what the internal propaganda sounds like. Like, you know, you are doing Mark, the Holy One Zuckerberg's good work by being here and making sure our ad revenues continue to skyrocket regardless of the moral or ethical implications of the content we're spitting out there that would be interesting and if you are a whistleblower at facebook and you want to choose the bob and kevin show to be your platform to speak out go ahead and get a hold of us at some email address that i can't even remember so maybe try twitter so that's okay we'll roll the promo right here <laughs> <laughs> so i was beside myself and for the record i'm i'm no nancy pelosi fan i'm no nancy pelosi enemy but i also think it's so 2019 slimy to, to, A, 
uh, you know, our, our fearless leader retweeted the darn video, right? And like, come on, man, at some point, come on. And then if even if he, he, he the message never gets through to him, you know, you you gotta think about the followers and whatnot. But there's so many yeah. people, and and I saw a word today, and I and I love it because it's it's very apropos, but it's also very I don't know, it's a Molotov cocktail of a word, but syncophant. It's basically those who <laughs> suck up, you know, to gain favor by the people who have power. And gosh, that's just everywhere. And it's in politics and it's in Silicon Valley. I, I expect it to be in, in politics. That's just like, yeah, I get it. But I'm starting to see that in the tech industry where, guys, let's just let's just take whatever bad thing happens and turn it into a good thing so that we come out smelling like roses, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this stuff, though, because part of what, you know, we try to do together is this, uh, you know, tech advocacy. And I think making people, hopefully our listeners are pretty dialed in and aware that this stuff is out here, but it really, it has to be, it has to be communicated outside of our circles as well, because, you know, we, we could all fall victim to this. So, you know, because we trust we trust our weird little social circles, and if somebody slips up and perpetuates one of these, then you know we can all go down that rabbit hole. And that's not cool. Speaking of kind of an awkward juxtaposition, is is we, we we rail on Facebook, but think about all the people who are actually writing the check to Facebook. You know, what is the moral implication of company X who writes that check and it basically enables Zuckerberg to? do whatever you want, uncontrolled, unchecked, you know, how, how do we keep those people in check? Because they're looking at Facebook going, that's where the eyeballs are. And that's where well, we, I, I couldn't, Im- I couldn't imagine like hitting the jackpot of having my ad in that deep fake video, even after it's been labeled. Cause you know, that's just going to increase the number of eyes. Cause people are going to be like, Oh, I got to see this. And then they'll seek it out. They'll find it. Oh yeah. There's, but there's, there's people. Yeah. The people running the ads, they got to, they got to check themselves. They can't be making a buck off that. And it's the rebound effect, right? Hey, people, there's this fake video. Don't go watch it because it's fake. What's the first thing people do? Open up Chrome, Google fake Nancy Pelosi video, and call it good. So I'm not on Facebook. Did 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 you actually get any messaging or anything around that video? Did you even no, see it? I just saw stuff in my headlines. It's interesting, though, because... I would have expected it to be have been shared by some of the people I'm in social circles with because I'm pretty I'm pretty wide open. Right. I don't really block or anything like that. So but I didn't, but I was also on vacation this weekend, so I really wasn't by tech. So, so once that feed rolls by, it rolls by, you know. So Kind of related, kind of unrelated. Jeff Atwood, uh, one of the founders of, I think, Discord and Stack Overflow, at Coding Horror on Twitter. He had posted uh, an interesting tweet, and it was essentially rules for a jury system. What I couldn't figure out was what system it was for, but if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to read it to the listeners here, just then we'll kind of talk through it. Does that sound fair? All right, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it was an interesting one for sure. So it's... Uh, And I quote, initially, the jury system will be used for appeals on moderation decisions. Every time a post is moderated, such as being marked as not safe for work or spam, the user will be properly notified of the specific action and provided with the ability to appeal to give context as to why the decision should be changed. The appeal will be 
then randomly sent to 12 unique active users on the site who are not subscribed to the reported channel. These users will be given the choice to participate, pass, or opt out of any future jury events. If a user passes or opts out, another random user will be notified until 12 unique uh, channels uh, or users have... Well, we have 12 unique jury members. I'll paraphrase there. If 75% (laughs) or more of the votes uh, in favor of your appeal, then guess what? The decision will be overturned. If less than 75% uh, vote on that, then the initial decision will be upheld. All users who participate in the jury will receive a confidence score that is determined by the number of times they vote in favor of the eventual verdict. Users who continuously vote in opposition to the eventual verdict may be disqualified from future juries. Bob, what's wrong with all that, if anything? Well, the last part is very disturbing. Just because you don't go along with a group, you shouldn't be penalized. <laughs> that was the big one for me. I'm like, wait a second. So if you're like, you know, murder is wrong and you're on the losing, on the dissenting side of that, that's going to be held against you. What were you thinking? So what is the context for this rule? I was thinking it was either a YouTube or some kind of like gamer forum or something because you referenced channels. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to look through here and get more context. Okay, I just didn't know if it was ever illuminated what that was supposed to be a jury process for. I don't don't know, but uh, Jeff Atwood phrased it around, hey, imagine if Twitter or Facebook took this on and you had a peer jury because... You know, what have we seen from Zuckerberg lately? Hey, guys, or gang, there I go again. I need help (laughs) with how to run Facebook. And you know what? It's a savvy PR move to go, you know what? Let's let's let people, let's let the people decide, you know, all this. And another flaw that was pointed out in the comments there is, wait, you're going to send us to 12 randomly selected people. Well, that sounds good. It sounds impartial, right? I guess, unless that random group happens to be in the wrong culture zone against whatever type. I mean, there's a lot of bias in that. Well, right. So it's not really going to come. It's not really going to establish a system of rule because based on the randomization, you could be caught between two echo chambers in one echo chamber. You know, it's like, what's the point? Well, because something totally offensive could be like green lighted in the right circumstance of your 12 randoms and something that is completely innocuous to a broader majority could totally get shit canned if it's in the wrong echo chamber. And if I haven't done real jury duty, but I watch a lot of crime shows, have you done actual jury duty, Bob? I'm going to plead the fifth about jury duty. Okay. All right. So (laughs) I won't put you in a spot. So the real juries, what do those 12 people get to do? They get to get in a room together and they get to talk about it because one of them might have insight that the other doesn't or does not. So the system of having 12 random people who guess what? They can't talk to each other. They don't know who the other 11 are. You know, they have no chance to be like, well, wait a second, everyone. Have we considered this? Have we considered we're setting a precedent here? You know, or maybe we aren't. Maybe this is just a sham of a system. But, uh, well, but those with across those 12 people, they have the ability to remember and illuminate facts the other 11 might have missed. So let me ask you the provocative questions, Bob. If you were to post something on Twitter and and just random dude marks you as, flags you somehow, would you be happy if 12 people got to decide whether or not your tweet was appropriate or not? Well, see, this is where I struggle because we've lived this. Uh, Actually, no, we weren't flagged by individuals. We were flagged by an algorithm. But, I mean, if you are flagged by an individual... 
you kind of feel like you would want other individuals to moderate that. But at the same time, I think if you're within the terms of service for the entity that you're using, let the law of the land dictate instead of that individual. So I don't know. It's so hard. So how many law, how many jurisdictions does YouTube cross? Uh, spoiler alert, a lot, right? And so our exact example with YouTube, we actually had our case adjudicated by the... the Multiple so, cases. Every time we had a claim, we won. So the one in mind, Netflix was the one who had to adjudicate ours because apparently they owned, you know, the uh, Black Mirror episode we did and... They, they ruled in our favor. But the problem is, is, you know, an algorithm flags us and we're automatically banned. And it goes to the person who's going to be harmed the most perce- perceptively and they get to decide. And that's almost flawed in itself. Hey, Bob, I, uh, I built this fence and it might be on your yard. So I'm going to ask you whether or not, you know, I'm allowed to keep this or not. Not that third party, right? Right. But I think when, so a content violation, like what we experienced versus like a decency guideline or whatever, a community guideline, you know, that's like, I don't know. It's just so. Is it different? Well, I don't mind going to the person who thinks like in our situation with Black Mirror, I don't mind Netflix taking a look at that and them going, oh yeah, that's totally fine. Or nope, you ran it too long. You broke the rules. You know the rules. They're printed. You broke them. Um, But we knew that we didn't. So I was okay with them going to Netflix. But something that is interpretive, like a decency standard or community standard, um, uh, going back to uh, learn to code, right? Hashtag learn to code. Like somebody decided that that was a big deal. Like that was offensive. And then a group latched onto that and kind of made it against decency standards, against community guidelines. I don't know. I just, this is such a wild, wild west. It's so crazy. It is. And it comes back to, well, Bob and Kevin, if you got all the answers, what is the answer? And I won't put you on the spot because I think we both, again, agree. There is no one answer for this. However, we are only going to have more skirmishes as we go forward as a society with content, cultures and technology. Would you agree? Yeah. And if I have a problem with somebody's content and if I just see, this is where, Oh gosh, uh, some, probably some really unpopular statements here. So trigger warning. (laughs) (laughs) If, if I'm going to use my own two feet to take myself out of a situation that I'm not comfortable in, which is totally my right. And I can do that. But am I doing myself a favor? Because it could have just been a one-off situation. I just, to go to another place with, you know, with my own, on my own choice, to hear all the voices that I want to hear because they always agree with me. I don't know if that's healthy either. It, it's definitely not healthy. And then, then, okay, if you don't, if you've got two feet with shoes on sometimes, unless you're Bob, probably flip flaps. Um, <laughs> You, if you don't like it, you can leave, right? But then we come back to, well, wait a second. We've, we, well, they, I'm going to go with they. The big tech has monopolized 
social media in, in their silos. So again, there's no alternatives. We can enter into the monopoly conversation again. Yes, I will walk away from this and I will go. That's right. You can't go anywhere. And because here's where the discussion is. Here's where the action is. And by the way, our big tech will talk out both sides of the mouth. They'll say, oh, we're just publishers. And then they'll ban somebody, which is a function of a content moderator. Or they'll label, which then in effect makes them publishers. Does it not? Didn't Tim Poole ask that same exact question? Is if you're tagging content and not removing it, does that not make you a publisher? Yeah, there's there's definitely... So you ever encounter a conversation when, when somebody says, I have no bias against whatever, and I always find fault in that. False. There's... <laughs> It's impossible. It, there's almost like saying, I have no risk. No, there's always risk. It just may be different, but there's always a value. So there's no such thing as no bias in my mind. So as much as Zuckerberg, YouTube, and, and Twitter want to say, we aren't biased, our algorithms aren't biased, I call complete and utter bullshit on all that. There's a, it's impossible. You know, you, you, you and I were talking about Showbot, and we were talking about adding new skills and we talked about, well, what's the best way to kind of plan these things out? And what we want to do is what, Bob? We want to, well, this is the outcome we want, and let's backwards right. plan from there. Program to the outcome, yep. And Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, I hate to break the news to them. They do the same thing. They Their outcome is, as well, less violence, less sex, less less um, whatever, 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 less influence on political or politics. Okay, when you work backwards from there... What's the no bias uh, option look like? It's because it doesn't exist. You've always got a bias in there. God, I hate this. I hate it all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you sent me a link I'm, to something called... I'm quitting tech. Quitting tech No, tonight. no, no. Uh, <laughs> I need you to have your shield and sword ready at all times, Bob. <laughs> um, so you sent me a link to something called TensorFlow.net. And... Uh, yes. Speaking of me quitting tech. So there... <laughs> Um, that's a machine learning uh, port of TensorFlow from Python, and I'm quickly learning that if you want to be in the machine learning, I think Google owns TensorFlow, right? Yes. So if you want to be in yeah. the machine learning game, apparently Python's where it's at. And then some people are like, "Nah, f Python. I'm I'm not in Python. Can we port this?" And so TensorFlow.net is the .NET version of this. And so when you send it to me, I was like, "Okay, this is cool. This is just going to be like." artificial intelligence, you know, out of the box or machine learning. And turns out it kind of is, but it's also kind of just a bunch of math. So a um, little definition quiz for you. But you can, you can apply that to like not just numeric stuff too. Well, it all comes down to numbers at the end of the day. So yeah, I guess it does. You're right. So computer vision is your, how much do we match? Or first off, figure out a way to, describe the model of what Bob looks like in a picture and show me a bunch of those. And we will statistically find out, well, pictures of Bob all kind of have these heuristics. And so the more images you give me of Bob of any angle, the more I can start building a, a probability that the next one you give me is going to be uh, one of Bob or one of Kevin or one of a cat. And I just did my version of Blue Steel to the camera. Yes, it totally Kevin almost threw me off my game there. So, <laughs> um, so TensorFlow, I, I started reading like the, the how-to, uh, and it was very sparse. needs a lot more documentation. 
But essentially, we go from a, a single value, which is a scalar, um, you know, a string, a primitive, an int, a decimal. And then we go to an array, which is a list, essentially. And then um, when you have multi-dimensional arrays, um, we have matrices. And I haven't talked about the matrix since the last time we were talking about the movie or algebra class <laughs> back in the day. So TensorFlow is basically, um, we use tensors, which is a fancy term for a matrix or a multi-dimensional array. So I got that far, at least. Oh, hey, <laughs> and our first caller. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that's right. We still have 1990s technology here uh, where I'm at. Hi, it's it's Jim from Cleveland. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Don't, uh, so don't answer so TensorFlow. Don't <laughs> yeah, don't, don't say yes. Ask. Exactly. <laughs> hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first... You can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. Whatever. Okay. Totally off my game there. So TensorFlow, you sent me that. And what's your understanding of what we can get out of that for our show bot? Well, I think just from what you were just explaining with the, uh, going up to the multi-dimensional arrays and the tensors. Um, that seems like it would fit for the skill that we were talking about related to the bot just listening to the show and then creating a word cloud of occurrences of things that we've said, topics, words, phrases, whatever the case may be, build upon those and then actually be able to someday provide comments about the frequency of the words that we used in an episode. So after looking at <laughs> tensorflow.net, or so I went into it going, oh, sweet, this is going to be easy. And then I got through some documentation. I'm like, I have no idea what to do with this. And so I'm going to do some more Googles on it. But in the meantime, I did teach Showbot two new tricks, Bob. Trick number one is I can... Uh, quickly give it a list of catchphrases. So I can say, hey, showbot, say catchphrase, whatever. And it'll say something like, bring the lightning or something. or it, But it won't say in Alex Jones' voice. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> um, and then the second one is it can essentially read from a file. It has a menu, and it could read from a file. So we could... C is the third letter in the ink. <laughs> Sorry, Showbot, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Showbot, you're drunk. Go home. Um, so the other thing it can do is it can read from a file, but it can also have many files staged. So you can have the Gettysburg Address pre-staged. You can have, um, you know, s some sort of witty thing that an AI bot would say. So that's all fresh new technology pushed up to the GitHub repo, which you can contribute to, download, and make fun of if you'd like. Um, there's no TensorFlow integration yet because I still have to figure out the whys and the whats. Um, 
one of the they they do give some examples, and most of the examples are for images and very little to none for audio. So I'll I'll try to figure that out. But in my mind, what we're gonna have to well, do? Couldn't she use the Couldn't she use the listen aspect or in? turn that to text, like to use it speech to text and then catalog that? Yes. So what I need Showbot to do is essentially become a listener of the, of the show. It needs to listen to all of our shows. Um, and then I need to take that. Basically, it's going to create closed captioning, right? Because once I get it to text, it's a closed caption of the Bob and Kevin show. And then I got to take that closed captioning and say, okay, TensorFlow do some magic with this so that I can get some train, you know, it's your training data for, for your tensors. And so that in my mind, that's, that's where I'm going with this. I don't know how well it's going to go. There's one problem. Of course, the speech to text recognition built into Microsoft is kind of crappy. It's, it's, it just gets confused. It thinks you said one Uh, thing and not another. That's too bad. It is, but it could still get some context. I would bet. Yeah, and then I'm also avoiding... So you sent me Azure Cognitive something-something service on Azure, which is great and all, but I also don't have a show budget. We have a show bot, not a show budget. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I'm trying to do this all kind of offline and with non-cloud services at this point. What if... Gosh, if we could just get a few more listeners, I bet you we could go to like Azure and be like, hey, here's our concept. Why don't you flip us some free services so we can teach this thing? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be great, but uh, I'm I'm thinking Microsoft's got a lot of uh, a lot of things on its plate rather than um, this. Yeah, but we're just two cool guys from the Midwest trying to you know do this thing. They could they could give us a little throw us a bone. <laughs> <laughs> I think Google might be more interested, but I also think Google would be like, hey man, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come over to Python to for us to play with you there a little bit. So if we have any listeners with pull at Microsoft, let's, uh, let's, let's reach out. Let's connect. Yeah, totally. Uh, speaking of which, when we look at the show numbers, so you know what, like Batman's like bat computer, bat cave, bat car. I think we should just call preface everything about the show as show something. So we have the show computer, the show microphone, the, the, the show popcorn I'm going to eat after this. And you know, so yeah. So the show stats, um, show stats. Show stats indicate a high probability that a lot of our listeners are from the state of California, and shockingly, the state of Rhode Island, which just blows my mind. Why Rhode Island? I don't know. What is in Rhode Island? More uh, importantly, who is in Rhode Island? Rhode Island. It's a suburb of Boston. The entire state is a suburb of Boston, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's wicked awesome. <laughs> I like dumb apples. <laughs> I've never been to Boston, but sorry if we've just offended anyone from the East Coast. My apologies. Everything I know about Boston, I learned from either the Red Sox or the movie Goodwill Hunting. Just for the record, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, um, you know what? I'm out of show notes, Bob. What 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 are we forgetting here? Ah. We really didn't bring Showbot into the show very much, but uh, we've been busy again, and we wanted to get this deep fake stuff. Did we do deep fakes justice? Well, I, my son, my 18-year-old son, did send me a new deep fake from just a few days ago. Comedian Bill Hader um, oh, yes. was on Conan, or no, Jimmy Fallon, or Conan? I don't know, some late No, night. Conan. 
Conan. Conan. And it was deep faked to whenever he spoke like Arnie, um, and he does a really good job, his face changed from Bill Hader into Arnie. And you can almost not tell when it happened. It's just like this shapeshifter. It's just like really creepy. And so. Yeah. So was it actually Hader's impression? Or was it actually Arnold's face and voice mapped on? No, it had to have been Hader's impersonation. I I think it was Hader's voice and his performance, but not his face, but only at times. And by you even asking that question, you know, that's you know pretty amazing. I don't know if it's real or not his voice. I don't know if he's that good at, you know, is that... For a perfect deep fake, you just need to, to bring the voice. But then again, we heard Obama at the top of the show. I guess that was Jordan Peele's voice, right? Right. Ooh, that that's a good so, point to bring up the Joe Rogan uh, clip from a week or two ago where... Right, and that was his face with his voice, but his voice manipulated to say what they wanted him to say. Exactly, right? and that's what the lady on the phone call from the spam phone call, in my mind, is trying to do. She's trying to record my voice. So when I'm big time in uh, the podcasting biz, as we say, okay, do we say that? Oh. Anyway. Yes, we totally <laughs> say that. Yeah. So what happened on the Bill Hader one? Uh, Is it, so it was a double combo. I, I'm not so sure. It, no, it was remapping. It was remapping Schwarzenegger's face and mouth to Hader's voice and impersonation. Okay. So it wasn't. Wow, this is crazy. They have a still um, in one of the articles I'm looking at. And, I mean, yeah, it it looks like Schwarzenegger's face in there, but it doesn't really look that out of place. In... Wow. Yeah, so deep fakes, amazing technology to just probably do all kinds of bad things. So in the future, expect ransomware to be paid in Bitcoin of your future deep fake revenge porn video. Well, one of the aspects that we actually didn't talk about in relation to this is like, so you referenced the the extortion aspect of it. What, how are we, are as a society or as a technology, are we caught up to be able to quickly identify and debunk these deep fakes? Like if I get that, so let's say I get that ransomware thing and it's a deep fake of me being compromised. You know, basically the video is a compromising thing for me. Um, how, how would I verify, like, you know, other than just my word, how could I verify that that actually is a deep fake? Well, let, let's turn it to a more familiar technology, Photoshop. If I give you a photo, Bob, and say, is this real or not? What's your recourse for determining whether or not it's a real or fake photo? Well, I think that you can actually reference the metadata and then see that it's been manipulated and resaved the image itself. Um, but I'm sure there's ways to get around that, too. Well, I would say a video is just a series of still frames. Moving pictures, right. Yeah, I mean, really, video is not magical. It's just a bunch of pictures played so you're fast enough at a rate that your, your mind can't determine when the transition occurs. It automatically blurs from one frame to the other. And then, it, you know, if you slow it down enough, you start seeing it. But at, like, 24 frames a second or 16, it's, it's not very high. Your brain's just like, yeah, whatever, that's moving. I get it, so... Yeah, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know if there's a litmus test to determine whether it's real or not. So 
Uh, also, it's uh, put me on record again that it is May 28th, 2019. I see a future president, sitting president or candidate president in the future going, yeah, that's not my wang on there. That's <laughs> that's a fake video. That's not me being peed on or whatever. <laughs> so That's a deep fake. Oh. <laughs> so... Um, if, if nothing else, this is like total, like get out of jail card. Yeah. Once again, nothing. What is benevolent, truth? What is true? Extremely malevolent. Yes. Because you can, you can use it as that get out of jail, as you said, you know, like, oh no, that's not me. I didn't do that. That must be one of those, them, they're deep fakes. Yeah. That racist rant from the seventies where I'm wearing the hood and I, <laughs> and, and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 That's not real. That's not me. It's totally a fake. And that's what I was saying closer to the open about like the rewriting of history. You know, it doesn't take but a, a heartbeat for conspiracy theorists to look at a video and, you know, oh, look at that shadow. Was that shadow added? You know, that must have been in the studio oh, or, you know, doing all kinds of weird enhancement to archival footage. And I'm doing enhancement in air quotes to archival footage to make it appear that they have been manipulated. It just Wait, Bob, oh. you're, you're telling me there will be people who say we've never been to the moon? and Ooh. More people. Ooh, is that a weather alert? It is. So pardon me while I... Can you vamp for a second while I go <laughs> look and see if there's a tornado coming to take me out? Uh, We've got breaking news. Columbia City under attack. Okay. I, I appear to be safe here. So uh, just, a, just a watch. Total, totally lost my train of thought there. And I had something very important to say, Bob. Can you read... You were about to make fun of people who don't believe that we've landed oh, on the moon. Go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so wouldn't it be weird if people like started saying, hey, I don't think we went to the moon and then all became like these, you know, you know, experts on photo and video and say, look, the shadow and the, and the flag doesn't move right and all this stuff. And there becomes like these Mythbuster episodes who try to debunk it. And then there becomes this whole YouTube channel of people who say, look, this isn't real. And actually the earth is flat. Yeah, that'll never happen. Or, or flip side of that, what if dumbasses in high places manipulate that video footage to make them appear more what people would think would be real? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they can say, that's been doctored. Well, think of, so if, if I'm going to put on my evil movie producer hat, I'm going to create a movie where the CIA is creating these doctored videos and they're using it for psyops in these third world countries where they've never heard of the word deep fakes, but they know deep what fake. a video is. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, look, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm in a terrorist country who maybe I am ISIS and I have these really good video people and all they do is just download the software and look, look at what this person did to do whatever. Now join our cause. Yeah. Yep. Not good. Recruitment videos for sure. Hey, speaking of uh, fucked up television, last thing I want to touch upon today, I think the new season of Black Mirror is launching next week. Oh. June, June 5th, I think I saw. You know, I'm going to have to re-up my, uh, my Netflix subscription. Now that Game of Thrones is gone out of my life, I might try to re-enable my Netflix and catch up on a year of lost streaming, which is like, I'm going to get nothing Ooh. done for the next six months. That could be a deep... <laughs> deep dark hole but um oh so yeah so black mirror coming back next month i'm pretty sure i will double check that and if it is we'll put it in the show notes but um is westworld over 
I don't know. I, I don't take question mark. Don't take this the wrong way, but I almost kind of hope so because I know you like season two, but I just did not like season, season two. Turned into Lord of the Rings. They walked for three. You know, <laughs> it's the walk for three three hour movies and threw the ring in at the end and kind of shrugged your shoulders. That's kind of what Westworld season two is like. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to that thing. And yeah, well, we went there. Yep, done. Uh, all right, yeah. So maybe it is done. <laughs> Who knows? I have to do some interweb searching to find that out. Season one was amazing, but ah, yeah, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on season two. You know, when hindsight being twenty twenty, looking back on season two, I think maybe I was just trying to wish that it was better. Yeah, um, I, I I really like this series as a whole because it exploring humanity through robots is kind of a kind of a thing we do here on the show <laughs> yeah. right so, we kind of need that in our lives so yeah. hopefully it does have a season yeah because i'm gonna run out of ideas because i keep stealing them all from like star trek and westworld and i don't real life sometimes so yeah i need some more ideas here oh here, here's what we need we need to convince the people who do black mirror to listen to our show because i'm pretty sure we've got at least three or four seasons worth of material in the uh, yeah, there, so many writers, man, they should be listening so they could get some good ideas. So, so uh, <laughs> another uh, ask or favor of the show, if you know any of the Black Mirror peeps, um, go ahead and get them in touch with the Bob and Kevin show because we would like to be a part of this dystopian um, future that we apparently are headed towards. That's kind of actually <laughs> reality. We just want to be. We just want to be more famous in the dystopian future that we're already in. Ooh, ooh maybe that's <laughs> our new show goal. We want to be more famous before the world becomes dystopian and nobody's famous. Becomes more dystopian. I think we're already. We're ooh. we're definitely on the cusp of dystopian. Oh man, uh, you've seen it. Is that thunder? It could have been. Oh wait, that might be thunder at my place. That's crazy. Have you've seen Idiocracy, right, with uh, Luke Wilson? No, I have not. Get GTFO, man. I mean, seriously, you got. I don't even know what network it's on. Well, no, no, no. It's a movie. It's it's a from like oh. uh, early two thousands, maybe. And now I'm not. This is where we need the intern to be like, no, Kevin, it's whatever year. Um, Spoiler alert, the president is like a, a re, like a wrestler, like a WWE wrestler. <laughs> and they, society evolved to where they forgot about water and they try to... What? They, they try to... It's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. And they try to water all their plants with Gatorade because it's got electrolytes. And <laughs> the, so the reason I bring it up is... So I'm going to... Idiocracy is a 2006 American science fiction go. dystopian comedy film directed by Mike Judge and starring Luke Wilson. Oh, Mike Judge. Oh, all right. Thanks, Shobot. That was very helpful. Yeah, so I have to watch uh, as an ex machina, and you need to watch Idiocracy because okay. Idiocracy, the people used to go, remember when that was a comedy instead of a documentary? <laughs> so, oh. so that one's definitely on your to-do list, and I put it there, Bob. So please, please, please. I will definitely do that. So since Shobot was so very helpful um, there with that uh, Wikipedia reference, should we let them end the show? I think so. Shobot, take it away. Bring the lightning. We need to work on that, Shobot. (laughs) 